Welcome to EFM.Live Podcast. You're listening to the CyberJaya Startup Summit Podcast Series, the second edition, Build Stuff That Matters. The inaugural CyberJaya Startup Summit is a two-day event consisting of talks, workshop, and interactive panel sessions where you can learn new insights, recruit talents, raise funding, network with fellow entrepreneurs and industry experts, and much more. In this episode, we have a panel session discussing smart cities and sustainable development, moderated by Imbarat Supia, director of Cyberjaya Startup Summit, with Nick Muhammad Amin, founder of Mubi, Muhammad Shukri, business development of Satya Haruman, Richard Kerr, head of innovation and industry development of Cyberview, as our panelists of this session. Just a quick intro. Uh, not so quick. Take some time. I want us to learn more about you guys. Uh, before we go into the Q&A session, right? So just uh, tell us about what you've been working on in the last one year uh, in relation to smart cities and sustainable development. I'm sure you guys are already working in the space, but just to share with us some of the projects or initiatives that you guys are involved in, so we have a better idea of what, uh, what you're working on. Right? Hi, hi everyone. Uh, my name is Shukri from Satya Haruman. Before that, um, let me introduce uh, Satya Haruman to everyone. Uh, we are the master developer for the past 20, 21 years sorry, 22 years in Cyberjaya. So, uh, during, in 1998, when Ton Mahade has um, established Putrajaya, so during that time, most of the Malaysian uh, falls under middle income threat. So, um, he thinks that he needs to um, elevate Malaysia from the middle income to the high income nation. So, that's one of the reasons why uh, Cyberjaya has been established 22 years back. So, Satya Haruman is the master developer of Cyberjaya. So our role is to create um, more in terms of uh, infrastructure as well as to get um, together with uh, Cyberview and the rest of the uh, stakeholders within Cyberjaya to get investors coming in Cyberjaya and to, to, um, to prepare those uh, readiness for the investors. So back to your question, uh, sir. Uh, for the past one year, we've been working with uh, quite a number of um, uh, agencies, uh, external clients to... For, for the smart city. For example, we work with, um, with TNB. Uh, one of the projects that uh, might, we might uh, consider is, uh, which is under feasible study, is um, covered, uh, what correct? Covered, um, shaded. Yeah, it's um, smart shade facilities. Well, as you know that most of the building within Sabaja is, uh, they have a bit distance. So, of course, with the weather in Malaysia, you, you have, um, so for some people, especially those uh, millennials, so the bike startups didn't work, right? <laughs> yeah, you can see those, uh, those kind of um, uh, service. Lah. So we, we plan to have some smart shaded between, within, um, from building to one another. So that we're going to have, uh, with that project, we have a solar panel and then some of the entertainment and some of the uh, adver- advertising, advertisement within that, that lane. So that's one of the projects that we have. We do uh, working on some project which is uh, focused on the EV and as well as a um, uh, facial recognition security. So, so all those projects are still, um, we are still um, working on it. Okay. Thank you. I'm on to Richard. Let's oh. hear about what uh, initiatives that you've been working on. I'm from Cyberview. My name is uh, Richard. I had the um, a department called Innovation and Industry Development. So um, Cyberview is near Merhat and not to be confused with Cyberview Resort. 
is actually a um, um, essentially it's a property company. Started off as a property company, the landowner of Cyberjaya, and then we have changed roles a couple of times, and then eventually um, in 2014, actually we have um, trying to refocus, and then that's when we started to develop our blueprint called the uh, Global Technology Hub Blueprint. Uh, which actually looks into um, our signature living lab programs and smart city as well. Because as you, as you, if you notice, if you simply build buildings in the city, that's not enough. It's essentially, it's like building a computer. You need the hardware and software part. So if you need to run a city like Cyberjaya, you can have all the fantastic buildings, but if you don't have the software or all the relevant programs to run the city, then you won't be able to make a city great. So this is actually true. It actually happens in a lot of cities around the world when they're trying to make smart cities, for example. Uh, cities like in South Korea, in Songdo, where they actually built a lot of fantastic infrastructure, a lot of uh, pro, um, infrastructure only, but there are not enough people living in the city because they are essentially, it's not, there's no like um, software and software infrastructure in place to support the smart city. So. In any way, um, what we do at Cyberview, um, as I mentioned earlier, we have been running our signature living lab programs, which actually looks into four core programs. We look into talent, uh, whereby we work with kids, we work with universities to get, um, to get them to be interested in new technologies. Uh, we run our own in-house accelerator program. Um, so we don't try to, you know, try to compete with other accelerators. So our accelerator program actually looks into very specific domains or technologies. For example, um, we have uh, our previous batch of accelerator where we run, um, we take in five, five companies that looks into FinTech, IoT, and robotics. And the next one is actually coming this September uh, where we actually expand the program a little bit and look into FinTech, IoT, robotics, and we're gonna start looking into artificial intelligence and smart retail as well. So these companies eventually, uh, we would like to help them, you know, go to market, help them build connection, uh, try to validate the product. And that actually some of them can go into our, another program which, which we call it the Living Lab Pilot Program. So the Living Lab Pilot Program is essentially, we're offering the whole city of Cyberjaya as a test bed for these new technologies. So if you, if you have any uh, interesting products or services that you would like to test in a city environment, you can come to Cyberview and we can provide you and facilitate you with the process, help you connect with the local ecosystem, um, which you can actually help validate your products. And finally, um, we run our enterprise program, where this is where we build public and private partnership where we work with a lot of corporates and help them connect to the startup companies and to corporates as well. And of course, eventually we have the smart city programs, which actually I will share a bit more later on. But I'm going to pass the mic to, to, to our okay. colleague here. Okay, Nick, let's hear from you. What have you been working on in the last one year? Uh, good morning, everybody. I'm delighted to be here. Uh, my name is Nick, uh, the founder and CEO of MoveBee. So, uh, uh, for the question, Movie is the peer-to-peer uh, -peer, uh, car sharing platform. And uh, we are revolutionizing uh, the way people rent and share car to one another by uh, reinventing the sharing mobility. And 
And to help me explain why our user login to move be every single day, uh, I would like to share with you maybe a few facts about the car ownership, right? I talk about the car ownership, about the sustainability and the smart city. So did you know that the most uh, bankruptcy cases recorded between 2011 and until last year in our country is due to higher purchase vehicle? The statistic reported that 27.94% of the cases are due to higher purchase vehicle. Most of people today actually suffer from the car ownership because car ownership can be really hassle between fuel, insurance, maintenance, and deprecation. It is costly to own a vehicle, all right? And let's be honest, how often do you really use your car? If you are like most people, people like me, my car is sitting idle 95% of the time. And last but not least, they are overpopulated, which is now we have an issue that we call cars overpopulation. So MoveBee solved this problem. So in short, uh, MoveBee uh, is the Airbnb for cars. And uh, yeah, this is just a simple, simple connotation. MoveBee is the Airbnb for cars. So for the last uh, one year, we have been working uh, uh, quite hard actually to get the uh, uh, basement of the P2P car sharing in Malaysia because I would say uh, MoveBee is among the first that uh, 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 actually uh, uh, innovate and uh, be in the market. And it have a lot of things that need to be done in terms of the uh, insurance framework, in terms of the uh, uh, security, uh, trust, and, 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 and regulation and so on and so, and so forth. So we have been working uh, almost uh, uh, two years, and this year is actually our year for actually growth even more faster. I believe you have expanded outside Malaysia as well, right? Yeah, uh, Alhamdulillah. I mean, luckily, uh, we have been uh, expanded to uh, 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 Indonesia, where we are uh, uh, having our uh, operation in Jakarta, Bali, and Bandung, and where we are receiving hundreds of bookings every single day. So it's a good start for us, uh, Indonesia. Yeah. Right. Thank you. All right, guys, so this is a panel session. Uh, so, of course, I expect a lot of questions on the panel uh, from the crowd. So, we have a mic there in the middle. Uh, I will be asking some questions from this gentleman to keep the uh, conversation going. But if you have any questions, just feel free to just walk up to the mic. Yeah, you can just walk up to the mic and queue up. And then I, when I point to you, then you can ask your question. Hi, my name is Shameh. Uh, I have a question for Mr. Nick Mohammed Amin from Mobi. Uh, how, do you, how do you actually uh, capture the Indonesian market? How do you actually start to kick off in the Indonesian market? Yeah, uh, it's a good question. Uh, you, know, you know, like, uh, like a small startup like us, uh, uh, we have a very limited capital, we have very limited resources and whatnot. So our go-to-market strategy uh, for the big countries like Indonesia is, uh, is to tap to a big guy. So what we are doing, uh, our go-to-market strategy, uh, uh, I mean, our first go-to-market strategy is really we are working with Traveloka. So Traveloka, they have a problem. They have like thousands of bookings every single day throughout the Indonesia. And we are uh, running the uh, basically car sharing, a car rental uh, in a traditional way. So we have, uh, currently we have uh, 1,500 car plus in Indonesia. And uh, we solve their problem by supplying our peer-to-peer -peer car uh, that is belong to private car owner to Traveloka. So you can see how uh, impact that we bring to the community uh, from the, the, the car that they're owning. Uh, I mean, I, I would say that the car is the most uh, uh, bad asset to own in many ways. You know, I know like, I, I like cars. I, I like to drive Ferrari, I like to drive Tesla. But in a way, own, car ownership is a terrible asset to own in many ways. So it's happening in Indonesia where 
most of people are suffering from the car that they own. So uh, we connect the private car owner and with Traveloka to to get the market. So I mean, along the way, we have a lot of strategy uh, to work with Ticket.com and, uh, and 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 even maybe Gojek and Grab. So before that, I have a quick question. Uh, so Mr. Shukri, I have a question for you first to yep. get the you know get it back to the topic. Okay. Uh, so we've been hearing about smart cities for many years, right? I mean, it's not a new term. Yeah. I think I've been hearing about smart cities since I was in high school, and I'm quite old now. How so, old are you, by the way? I'm I'm closing forty, so oh, okay. I may look young, but yeah, I've <laughs> been around for a still, while. Still very young. Yeah. So, but I've been hearing I think easily about twenty over years, right? Yeah, 20, yeah. Twenty-five years. Yeah. So it's 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 not a new thing, yeah. but. Uh, why do you think we don't have more smart cities? Like, uh, what, what do you think, like property developers, what kind of role do you think they can play to build smarter cities around? Because uh, sometimes we see uh, solutions like smart locks, you know, smart uh, parking, and all these, right? But when you go to a new condo, a new apartment, or housing area, you don't see any of these like, smart city elements, even in like, new townships. So how do you think property developers like Satya Roman or any other of your partners can play an role, active role in this? I think uh, based on our 22 years experience in Cyberjaya, the first thing first before we, we talk about um, smart city and other, um, uh, what do you call that, uh, smart application and everything, we need to solve the fundamental issues of, of those, uh, of those like, something like broadband services. So what we did uh, for the past 22 years, we had, uh, by the way, we, we did construct um, a dark fiber network within Cyberjaya. By the way, in, in Cyberjaya, we have about 7,000 acres. So we developed about 52% uh, of the, uh, the, the 7,000 acres. Uh, um, the balance is more on the greenery area. So on this 52% of uh, the whole Cyberjaya, we have built up a dark fiber network of about 20,000 kilometers within Cyberjaya alone. So it's become a, an open telcos player within Cyberjaya. So if you see, that's what makes Cyberjaya different from other places. Uh, if you see those uh, companies like um, BMW, uh, AIA, all those uh, companies, they are, they are tapping into the, those uh, dark fiber network that we built up before. And then it's been served by those um, telcos by their, their, their same countries. So that makes, uh, some of the smart element within Cyberjaya. So I think, back to your question, for the developers, we need to, to put element of smart city, I mean, in terms of infrastructure, there's a huge investment needed for that infrastructure. Yeah. Does that need a lot of support from the government, or do you think the developers can do this themselves? Um, um, in our case, um, because this is more on the PFI, private funding initiative. So, in terms of government support, I mean, Monetary-wise, we have, we have to fork out our own fund to, to develop the whole infrastructure. By the way, the whole Cyberjaya has been built. The infrastructure in Cyberjaya has been built by Setia Roman. Yeah. I would say 99%. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, Richard, I have a question for you. Right? Okay, before that, I think we'll take a question from the floor first. Yes, just please uh, introduce yourself and then let's shoot your question. Hello, testing. Okay, I'm uh, Will from Legatus in Bahad. We are a private initiative for electric vehicles and uh, charging solutions in Malaysia. So we hope to be the Tesla of Malaysia, basically. So uh, posing my question to Jay Mohamad Shukri and uh, Mr. Yeah. Richard regarding the implementation or potential implementation of EVs and uh, charging infrastructure in uh, Satya Haruman and Cyber, Cyberview. 
just would like to know more about the. Can you elaborate a little bit more about your plans? No, because uh, in Malaysia, basically, in terms of EV, we have limited selection, yeah, and uh, even the existence of the EV is questionable. No, so to have plans based on that, and also charging ecosystem and all that, just would like to know what what is uh, both developers' plans or blueprint. Possible. Thanks. All right. Um, yeah. So we have been talking about electric vehicles for quite some time now. I think even if you look at a couple of years back, there was uh, some push from the government to introduce electric vehicle. But I guess uh, my own opinion, maybe the the approach was not so, uh, so um, correct because they introduced the electric vehicle by introducing Tesla first, which is one of the most expensive electric cars. But in any case, um, we should not, you know, uh, be discouraged from that one. Because if you look at the electric vehicle ecosystem uh, in Malaysia, it's very early stage. There's still, very few electric cars uh, on the street. And then, but if you compare to countries like China, for example, what the government has been, the Chinese government has been doing is to encourage a lot of um, manufacturers to go into electric because they want to go for sustainability to make sure that they can reduce the amount of um, um, fuel combustion engines uh, on the road. So if you look at the Malaysian perspective, for example, there has been you know, some initiatives being, being done by some of the agencies, but it's, uh, the adoption is still low because I think the people's perception that electric vehicles are expensive, which is still true. Um, but that is why I guess um, there needs to be some uh, couple of initiatives that needs to be done and collectively within the, all the different agencies and of course um, uh, um, organizations like Cyberview for example. So one of the things that we are trying to push for this year is actually working with a company called GoCar to introduce an electric vehicle sharing service in Cyberjaya. So I think, I guess in a couple of months, we are still um, trying to finalize the, uh, the pilot project. But what we're trying to offer to the people living and working in Cyberjaya to experience electric vehicle car sharing service, specifically just for Cyberjaya only. So meaning they will introduce a couple of vehicles and you can find these vehicles nearest to the, uh, um, the charging stations available. And, um, and then just rent, what they're trying to do first is not to, to provide these services for free. So you can actually just uh, uh, book the vehicle and then drive it within Cyberjaya. So you're not supposed to drive it outside of Cyberjaya. So if they find out if you're driving it out, they might actually call you and let, uh, let you go back, go back to Cyberjaya. Uh, so what they're trying to, trying to do. But this is actually one of the small steps that we're trying to do. We try not to, to uh, we, we're trying to think big, uh, start small, and then we're trying to scale from there. Because a lot of times, we always try to uh, do a lot of very good strategies, think very big, but then it's very, very hard for us to execute. So uh, by starting this electric vehicle uh, sharing service, we're looking into to get more relevant partners. If they want to be part of this ecosystem, they want to contribute, uh, we will welcome them. And then we'll see how we can figure out the best way to introduce more electric vehicles uh, in Cyberjaya. So just an add-on question. So the EV charging stations, right? Are they all private initiatives or are these set up by the government? How is the, um, the arrangement That is actually like? done by uh, Green Tech. So yeah, Charge EV, Charge EV. Uh, they have actually um, installed, there are actually 14 in Cyberjaya. Um, they have recently upgraded. Um, so 
when you need to use this uh, charging uh, charging station, you have to actually subscribe to a card from from Charge EV, and then you have to tap on it to unlock basically to unlock the the char uh, the charger for you to use on your car. We have another question. Saya Amin dari Mua. Saya nak tanya, Smart City ni nak kena buat bandar baru buat Smart City atau bandar lama tu boleh jadi Smart City? Good question. Yeah. Actually, one of my questions I want to ask later. Contoh kat di ASEAN, TMB ada buat untuk lain internet kan? Tapi sekarang tak tahu apa cerita. Senyap gitu. Jadi banyak 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 pengguna City banyak kat KL dengan Selangor. Tapi di luar KL, Selangor, Johor ke apa, macam kurang. Jadi, uh, apa plan korang untuk, yeah. untuk benda ni lah? Any inputs on that? Many thanks for your question, sir. Uh, by the way, the definition of smart city is different. I mean, if you define smart city by by country or by location, is different. But for your, maybe your, your question just now, tak ada smart city outside KL or bandar-bandar besar. Uh, last few years, uh, we have TNB has done their pilot project in Melaka. The whole Melaka city, they've done uh, quite a number of smart city initiative. So, for example, one of the things that they've done is a smart metering, whereby they, they don't have to go to manually read the meter from your house. They can do like from very um, a distance. Lah. Or some, some of them, they do read meter from online. So this is part of the initiative that, that we know. It's been done and then it's been practiced by outside Klang Valley. I think Jasin is one of the places that, um, what I heard, uh, currently they are doing the smart city initiative as well. So it's not necessarily smart city we have done from scratch. Any cities that, I mean any cities, they, they can do lots of uh, initiative in terms in term of smart city. Like example, when you go to Bandung, there's a lot of, uh, Initiative has been done in Bandung as well. So Bandung, you know, not much uh, ready infrastructure in Bandung, but they managed to install lots of uh, apps and everything because smart city is not just infrastructure, it's more on to ease of use of those people within the city. Yeah, maybe Richard, you want to add up? Yeah, I just want to add to what you just commented. Um, smart city is not always about the technology. It's also about the people. Because when you talk about smart cities, it's usually about addressing certain pain points that are actually being experienced by the people. So I can give one easy example. Um, just a couple, of, a couple of days ago, there is a news that has actually came out from Pengkalan Chepa in Kelantan, where the health clinics are offering uh, medicines to be delivered to patients using motorcycles. If you think about it, it's not really uh, about really about the technology, but it's actually the innovation behind it. It's very simple, but they are actually addressing certain pain points that are actually being suffered by the people. For example, you have old people who are too probably too weak to walk to the to the health clinic, um, and then maybe they have some mobility issues. They're not able to walk properly. It takes a, a, um, a while for them to get to the clinics, and also causing a lot of congestions in, in clinics, for example. So instead of letting the patients going to the clinics, why don't you offer services where you deliver these medicines to the patients for, for two ringgit or three ringgit? I think that it will mean a lot of uh, uh, to the patients because um, based on that news that actually came out, a lot of people or patients are actually 
uh, asking the health ministry how they can actually introduce these kind of services to more places around Malaysia. So as I mentioned, it's not just about technology. Any cities or any towns, small towns, they can be smart. As long as you have the right citizen, the right people who can help push uh, these initiatives, help push it by using, leveraging on existing technology or, or platform. Thanks. All right. Okay. So yeah, th that's actually one of the things that I've been thinking, right? I mean, a lot of our cities, we have the basic infrastructure. Malaysia is quite well, you know, managed, but it can be easily turned into a smart city, right? But do you think we need to have a body like Cyberview in every city for it to work? Or do you think the local councils are doing a good enough job? What do you guys think? All three of you. Okay. Um, yeah, my, my opinion is we don't need um, organizations like Cyberviews everywhere in, in Malaysia because I think that's going to cost a lot of money and I don't think the government wants to do something like that. So we try to leverage on, on technology, try to leverage on existing, um, existing local councils and town councils. I think because uh, my, my opinion is when you want to push technology into cities and to make the city smarter, you actually need to have the right kind of people and the right kind of mindset to push uh, these kind of initiatives. And of course, at the same time, you need to, be, you need to have citizens who are willing to participate as well. Because, uh, for example, although Cyberjai is quite, you know, uh, we are quite established in some ways, we have a very good uh, tech community. Uh, but I guess in other towns and places as well, people probably just need sort of like a platform for them to, you know, to contribute ideas, to be able to work very closely with the town councils or with the city councils, where they can you know, voice out opinions or even introduce new ideas uh, for smart cities to be introduced to, to their uh, local areas. Right. Thank you. Uh, you have a question? Yes. Touching on the smart city uh, topic, it's interesting because we're staying in Sabajaya and then as a resident of Sabajaya as well, um, there's a misconception of a smart city title for Cyberjaya. Um, most people, I, I'm sure everyone saw this post in Cyberjaya community saying Cyberjaya is not smart, it's actually dumb because most of the time the traffic lights and all always breaks down. So how do you explain this uh, to people that, to, to, how to say, to clear up this smart city misconception? This misconception, right? Thank you. All right. Okay. Sorry. So I'll take that question again. Um, so just to clarify, um, we have a lot of uh, traffic light junctions in Cyberjaya, but so, but actually, if you look at the Pasiran Multimedia, actually from this junction right until Tamarin Square, there are actually eight different junctions, and currently the smart traffic light that has been installed. It's only at this stretch. So I guess people who have been complaining about some of the traffic lights which are dumb are actually the places where the smart traffic light has yet to be implemented. Um, so I guess the issue here is actually the communication side. How do we make sure that to clarify some of this? Because the smart traffic light that has been installed uh, at this stretch is actually a sort of like a pilot project uh, together with actually a combination of Cyberview, uh, TM and, and MDAC as well. It's a joint collaboration to implement this uh, pilot project. have to admit it's, it's very costly, so if you actually want to implement on all the traffic light junctions, it will cost 
a lot of, of money. But having said that, this is how we can explore using the, uh, the public-private partnership in, in order for us to reduce the cost in um, implementing the, the smart traffic light. So I'm just going to give you one scenario. Before the smart traffic light was installed, if you need to travel between Shaftesbury Square until Tamarind Square, for example, on a, on a peak hours, on a busy day, it will take you at least 30 minutes. And the distance is just four kilometers, actually. It's very short, but it has eight different junctions. But with the smart traffic light, we were actually able to reduce the journey time end-to-end to, -end to about 12 minutes, 10 to 12 minutes, so drastically reduced. Um, so I guess if we were to turn off the smart traffic light today, I think more people will complain because it's just going to co cause a lot of congestions. It's just that it costs more to kind of implement it everywhere, right? Yeah. So I guess I that's always a challenge with smart cities, right? Yeah. Things are quite costly to implement everywhere, so it has to be done in a very small stage. Done in stages. Okay, so Nick, talking about that, right? You are running a startup in the smart city space. Obviously, you are making logistics, transportation smarter. Uh, how challenging do you feel to run a startup in this space? Because you're obviously disrupting an industry, and, and we have other players like you know our government agencies and corporates who are also involved in this. But as a startup coming up and trying to do something here, how challenging do you feel? And, what do you think about the support that you're getting from the government agencies or the corporates or other startups? Generally about the scene, just share with us. Yeah, um, so uh, among the uh, top challenges that uh, uh, most of startups uh, uh, try to innovate in the smart city space is actually uh, when it comes to the regulations, right? Uh, because when you talk about the disruptions, so usually uh, most of the startup uh, are like MoveB, or maybe maybe at the startup uh, uh, outside outside the wall, it's actually uh, uh, facing a lot of issue when it comes to regulation. So if you want to do this, how about uh, the insurance framework? If you want to do that, how about the uh, 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 like uh, a fintech kind of stuff? I mean, I mean uh, that will be the uh, I think one of the first biggest challenge that we are facing. Uh, the second uh, issue that we are uh, uh, encounter is that uh, to create a mindset. You know, because uh, when, when we talk about the car sharing, I mean, I mean, I mean uh, like uh, uh, smart city, um, I think uh, most of the residents, uh, maybe uh, uh, in main cities in, in, in Kuala Lumpur, in Sabajaya, or even in, in Johor Bahru, for example, uh, we don't have that kind of like mindset ready to accept the new innovation. So they are m uh, most likely uh, very comfortable with the very conventional uh, style. You know? Um, so with this, we need a lot of people uh, a lot of uh, parties and uh, uh, agencies to help to create awareness, to, to help educate our residents, hey, this is a new thing that's uh, going to happen and uh, this is what we have put in place. So, in, uh, you know, like uh, in terms of education, awareness, uh, program, campaigns and so on. Because if we depend only on, 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 on startup, even the startup have a very uh, huge funding, it is still a big challenge for them to create the awareness that uh, uh, that's, a lot, that's a lot of work, right? The education exactly, part. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think that's a, uh, I would say, like uh, first and second. And third, op, third, third will be definitely the funding. Lah. That's a, it's, a, it's a problem for many startups. How's funding in the smart city space now? Uh, I would say uh, it's quite tight uh, in, in Malaysia, especially because um, many investors or even agencies or even government are not really uh, have the courage to invest their money to the startup because 
there's a very high risk for this startup to fail, right? Because there's a no framework, there's no re uh, regulation, there's no act uh, 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 um, that put in place. For example, like Grab. If Grab, if, I mean, if they don't have the big funding, it's very hard for them to basically reach to this stage, right? Um, so I think that's a three main issue that we are facing in order for us to innovate the, uh, uh, in terms of the smart city space. And lastly, if I can tell, uh, I can share, actually, um, agencies, people like Cyberview and Steh Roman should play the important role to basically uh, open the doors to people like us, you know? Uh, so accepting the, a new innovation, a new start, uh, I mean, a new approach of doing things. I've been in uh, Silicon Valley for two weeks, and we see uh, even the small, small city in, in the uh, Silicon Valley, uh, uh, they are very open to this kind of innovation. And the investor uh, in the Silicon Valley, they are willing to put throw money. Okay, you have the idea, this is work, this, is, uh, this model, this business model is work, okay, I'm willing to put one million. So this kind of like, uh, I have to say, a facility that they have, they can actually uh, build up the startup. So I think that's the three main uh, challenges that I think we face, yeah. Right, interesting. Any questions here? Yeah. Uh, hello everyone, my name is Jotam. I'm from Property Insight slash Entrepreneur Insight magazine. So my question is directed to both Richard and uh, Muhammad Shukri. So uh, I like what you said earlier, Nick, about your second point, it's about a mindset. So let me put on my skeptical hat for now. Huh? So it's like, so in line with this today's team, building stuff that matters, why the smart city matter? Yeah, me or not. So it's like me as a property, let's say I want to buy a property here in Cyberjaya. Me as a business owner, I want to set up my business in Cyberjaya. Smart city, yes, putting IOTs everywhere, putting blockchains everywhere. Yeah, it sounds cool. But how does it really benefit me as a consumer? Why does it matter? Why does smart city matter? That's basically my question. General, but very interesting question. I think Shukri, maybe we can uh, start. Very interesting question. I think um, for, maybe I, I, would, I would start on, on developing a smart home first. Well, I mean, from a developer point of view, 10 years back, a lot of companies, when they start to build up a lot of people keep, I mean, planning to build up a smart home. And then um, there was a time whereby we, we, did, we did talk about smart home and then there's an issue of cost. Of course, when we talk about smart city, we talk about all the nice things of, the, of technology. At the end of the day, the dollar and cent will come into the picture. So that's makes the developer unfortunately fail into, into making those smart home features and then it will, at the end of the day, it will benefit to the, the consumer. But for Setia Roman in Cyberjai, we have quite a number of uh, projects and then I would say most of the latest project is equipped with the smart, food, uh, smart, um, what do you call that? smart homes uh, facilities. So directly to the consumer, it will, I would say, for example, we have a cheerier project that um, within the, the compound is uh, paperless. Let's say when you want to enter the the building, everything is on your smartphone. So you can have a face recognition, whoever your, your, your guest, you can book all the facilities with the phone. So yes, it, it goes, uh, it will save a lot of cost to the consumer. And then at the same time, the consumer don't have to pay for that facilities. We don't include in that uh, cost to the, to the consumer. So that's what our roles in, in terms of build, uh, providing up a lot of uh, smart cities. So, but it's only happened in Cyberjaya. I'm, I'm not sure others, other part of but, Malaysia. But do you think yeah. the, the people really appreciate it? Do they feel it, it makes their life better? Or do, uh, you, do they feel like, ah, oh, now I have to install an app? For, what do you think? For what is our the experience, yes, yes. It makes their life better. 
Yeah. So they adopt it easily on? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think for Cyberjaya's context, I think we're quite lucky because um, the people living and working in, in Cyberjaya are actually um, early tech adopters. Actually, in fact, out of the 130,000 people uh, living and working in Cyberjaya, about approximately 20% of this population are actually early tech adopters. So any new technology that we introduce um, or any new innovation, uh, people actually adopting them uh, very quickly. Just for example, um, I'm just going to uh, share with you about the recently the e-scooter sharing service that we introduced in Cyberjaya. So if you, if you think about it, Malaysians, they love their cars. They love their cars, although the utilization rate only 5%. But then if you look at the whole Cyberjaya context, uh, the area is quite big. And then there are some, you know, last mile issues if you want to travel between one place to another. And, you know, sometimes when, you know, go for, for lunch, for example, people do not really want to drive out and just to have lunch and then, uh, and then compete with 100 more people with a, uh, one single parking spot because it's going to take time from, from, the, for, for, from the lunch. So, for example, when we started to introduce the, the e-scooter sharing service, basically to replace the previous... Uh, bike sharing service which actually failed miserably in Malaysia uh, because of multiple reasons uh, so we actually keep we actually keep one of the bicycles inside our office in Cyberview just in case we plan to build the future museum of Cyberjaya anyway uh, when we started the e-scooter sharing service we tried to try to not to be too skeptical because of the failure of the bike sharing for example but we'll see then uh, we still go ahead and pilot test it and, and amazingly, because, because these are two slightly two different technologies, uh, the e-scooter is actually a micro-mobility, which actually provides people to, to, to commute faster. They don't actually have to, to cycle. They just, you know, it's because it's, it's running on electric, and it's much faster to, to travel between uh, two buildings. And the ridership, when it started at the end of December, when it started starting from zero, and today we're actually reaching about 600 rides per day so that actually converts a lot of if you convert 600 rides that's actually on, on average if people travel about two kilometers that's about 1200 kilometers of ride per day imagine you're actually taking off 600 cars from the road um, on a single day and that actually means a lot although you don't actually see it visibly but if you're actually getting more people to adapt to this kind of technology we're actually able to reduce the amount of carbon and of course, increase the sustainability. And uh, back to your question about, if you're talking about from the uh, uh, investor's point of view, why do they want to be in Cyberjaya? Cyberjaya is always different, I mean, from other places. The city was built with a future in mind. That is why when you go out, you have a lot of, you know, green spaces, you have a proper walkway. If you go to some places in PJ, for example, you have, of course, you can have fantastic buildings, but if you want to go from one building to another, there's not even a proper walkway and you have to actually compete yourself with other cars on the road. So those are the kind of things that we offer um, in Cyberjaya. But of course, at the same time, smart city is not just about the technology, as I mentioned earlier. It's always about the, also about the people, the mindset, and how do people adapt to new technologies. Thank you. Yeah, I think my view on this, in terms of smart cities in general, right? I mean, like, like I said, like you said earlier, right? We don't need a title for every city. We don't have to call it a smart city. But I think we can easily implement smart city elements in any existing city. But I think it, it also comes back to what the people want, right? 
Uh, I think one thing that I feel like Malaysians don't do, I think we don't demand enough from our government the things that we want. So it's very easy to complain, right? The government don't do this, the government don't do that. But sometimes it's also hard for the government, or the, at least the local government, for example, your town council. Maybe they don't know what you want. So, you know, they might try to do something that they think you want, right? So how many of you actually like contact your local politicians, your MPs or whoever, the, your local adun, and tell them like, hey, I want some kind of smart city stuff. I want electric chargers, EV chargers in my city. Or I want proper walkways. I want a bicycle path. Things like that. Maybe we don't do that enough. So I feel like it's, this is my personal view. Uh, if you feel like you lack some smart city elements in your city and you want to put that out, Maybe it's time for you to start demanding a bit. I mean, with social media now, I think it's very easy. Uh, I buzz a lot of politicians regularly. Uh, I used to bug my local MP for every time the traffic light breaks down. I know it's not his job, but I think if he calls the <laughs> local town council, they'll probably immediately get it fixed. So, uh, but because the traffic light was very close to a hospital, so to me it was a big problem, because every time the traffic light breaks down, even the ambulances can't get to the hospital. Because uh, my wife works in the hospital, so I always feel like it's my responsibility to quickly get the rest, uh, traffic light fixed. But, you know, I think we all can make that noise. So it's not a complaint or uh, a bad noise. I think it's a good kind of noise to tell people that. So I think if there's enough people in a small city demanding for EV chargers, maybe then the government will say, hey, time to put EV chargers here, right? So maybe that's something that we, on our stage, I mean, not everybody can launch a startup and say, I want to disrupt the smart city space, but maybe at a smaller level, we can start demanding for things to let the government know that, hey, we are ready to adopt these technologies. So maybe you can implement it for us, right? Uh, so that's my personal view on this. Uh, so back to Nick, just a general uh, advice to the startups, because I think we have a lot of young people here also thinking of launching their own startups. Uh, what will be your like biggest advice to them if they want to come into the smart city space? Right, uh, so I think uh, uh, if I can share a little bit about advice uh, uh, about uh, uh, like running a startup in the smart city area, uh, I would say, I mean, in general, if you, if you like to uh, uh, run a startup, you need to have uh, uh, clear in mind that what, what, you are, what, what things that you're going to offer, all right? Uh, because uh, we can see that uh, many startups uh, are, are trying to do something that uh, actually people uh, don't really need. So we are solving something uh, a presenting problem instead of the real problem. Problem that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like uh, it's like uh, uh, you drive a car. <coughs> uh, you see in your in your dashboard that uh, the fuel indicator that say, hey, this is almost full. So you take the, uh, your hands and then break the dashboard. This is not solving the real problem. That's solving the presenting problem. So uh, when you want to run, uh, I mean, uh, doing a startup or uh, introduce a new services, so you need to think this way. Uh, to solving the real problem, which is, uh, yeah, the things that matter. Lah. Okay, that's the first thing. So you need to be clear on that. <coughs> uh, second part is that, um, um, I would say you need to be ready to face uh, with a bit slow uh, changes in terms of the uh, regulation or, you know, like uh, 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 the framework that enable you to uh, be innovative in that space. Because like us, we have been trying to uh, spoke to many insurance providers and even uh, trying to uh, uh, arrange uh, the meeting with the MOT to discuss about, hey, what is the future of this uh, uh, car sharing in our country? And we have not received any uh, single feedback. Uh, and, yeah, but, 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 what we, but we believe that you know, like a government is a big tanker, so it's not like a, a small car. So it, it needs time, time to make a, a turn. So 
you need to be bear in mind that if you want to uh, start to innovate in this space, there's a lot of things that you need to figure out, uh, including the you know uh, uh, framework and whatnot. So, yeah, that's it. Thank you, Richard. What would be your advice for startups who want to come into this space? And also maybe in terms of how Cyberview can support them as well. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we have, uh, we have our Living Lab programs. And essentially, we are actually offering the whole of Cyberjaya as a testbed for you to validate your product or services that you want to introduce. But back to Nick's uh, comment, it has to really solve real problems. So probably you're not just going to introduce something that people don't really need for, for Cyberjaya, for example. So if you think that you're actually trying to solve real problems, we always welcome you to, uh, to, be, to be in touch with us through the Living Lab program, whether it's the accelerator or pilot or even enterprise. You can check those information on our website. Um, at the same time, we're actually not just going to look what is actually available today. Because as, uh, as Cyberjaya, as the nucleus of the multimedia super corridor, we want to start to um, to set new trends. So we're actually going beyond what you actually see available today. We're, uh, we're actually planning a couple of new things uh, to actually help build the uh, technology ecosystem and we're actually go beyond uh, what you see today. For example, you, I'm sure a couple of weeks ago you, ha you have heard the news about the uh, uh, delivery using drones that is actually through an initiative through our subsidiary called Futurize. So Futurize is actually ne uh, located next to Magic, if you actually see that. It's on your right when you go, go into the Magic uh, campus. Uh, that is actually a collaborative center for startups, entrepreneurs, uh, universities, um, regulators uh, to be working together to work on future innovation. So things like you know, self-driving cars, robotics, drones will be happening a lot. Uh, and you'll get to see more, kind, more uh, of this kind of news uh, very soon. Because uh, as I mentioned, Cyberjaya will always be the global testbed for new technologies. We try not to be too rigid, but at the same time, we need to make sure that we also uh, comply to the existing regulations and regu regulations and uh, uh, regulations set by the regulators. Uh, but if you have any question, you can always reach out to me. Uh, you can actually add me up on LinkedIn um, um, and um, feel free to, to approach with any question related to, to your products or services. Thank you. And uh, I think for Sati Aruban, I think the, their most visible contribution to the startup space, I think you can see it here. Uh, like I said earlier, right, during my welcome note, although they're a property developer, they're very actively involved in the startup ecosystem. I think you can share more any of your programs or anything, how you can support the startups. Who might uh, uh, for Sati Aruban, in terms of uh, the whole Cyberjaya, we, we work with um, local government for the, to maintain the sustainable city of the whole Cyberjaya. For example, um, we work with the, with the MP Sepang to, to reduce the carbon footprint for more than 40%. And then we, um, we work with uh, all the education sectors within Cyberjaya to provide the talents to these, um, uh, what do you call it, startup communities. Yeah. So if startups want to collaborate with you guys on any initiatives, yeah. uh, how can they reach you? Um, you can talk to our friend here. Yeah. yeah. So I guess if you get the launchpad, then I will connect you guys with them. I just want to add one more thing. Uh, sorry, sorry to pitch a little bit. We also built something uh, called Recascape. So if you go to the Magic Campus, right opposite uh, Magic Campus, you'll see a new building, uh, quite futuristic looking. It's called Recascape. It's actually a Cyberview's um, first attempt in building a commercial 
building. So this is uh, Recascape is actually a, a smart retail area built for entrepreneurs. So in Recascape, we have a couple of components. We have, uh, of course, the usual retail space. But because it's smart retail, this is a place where we're actually looking into uh, companies who can provide uh, retail technologies that they can offer to, to, to the market, for example. So that Recascape has also elements of, you know, um, a pitching area, also a place for, for you to run events. We also actually started to, to run pilot programs there as well. At the same time, we are introducing a, a fully unmanned store inside Recascape. So you can just, the store is like a, a small mini market. You can just go in with your smartphone, uh, collect, take whatever you want, and then do a self-checkout. It will be a fully unmanned store. We have also recently worked together with an urban farming startup uh, to showcase uh, urban farming because we believe future cities that is sustainable needs to be able to produce its own food. So if you have time, you can also visit Recascape. It's open for public. Um, we're actually looking for more uh, retailers to set up um, to set up at, at Recascape. Thanks. So with that, I will conclude the session for today. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you so much, Nick, Richard, and uh, and uh, Shukri. <laughs> Shukri. We have reached the end of this episode of Cyberjaya Startup Summit. Be sure to check out more exciting podcast series only at EFM.live.